Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Is it really as easy as the song would suggest? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Are we really to believe that? Are we really to believe in the simplicity of that message? Having a childlike innocence about our relationship with God will allow us to know and understand the whole kingdom of heaven that is before us. And having a single-minded focus on the fact that God is our God and we are his disciples will also allow us to participate in the blessings that God wants to give all of us. Having started this, having started chapter 18 with um, St. Linus's, the ideas that I am covering in chapter 18 is about the release, how do we access the blessings of God? Because God is prepared to release all the blessings to us. But how is it that we access them? Last week I reflected on the idea of constancy in prayer, knowing, that, knowing what God wants us to do and praying unceasingly about it is an essential idea of accessing those prayers. Last week I also reflected on the idea of being humble before God, knowing that as disciples, God is God and we are not. And if you want to see, hear the whole text, there's a podcast, the link is on, the, the uh, address is on the front page, so please have a listen to it if you're, if you're inspired and uh, inquisitive about it. Today we look at the last two ideas of chapter 18 that ask us to uh, how do we access the blessings of God and how as disciples we need to access those blessings. Explaining what it means to be childlike can take a thousand words or more and so in order to have a bit of economy about how long we're going to go in the sermon I thought I'd, they often say a picture says a thousand words. So I've just got a quick clip. Grant, if you could go to the next slide. Hopefully, Lilani, you can see it off the screen there. And we've got another screen for the uh, sanctuary. Thank you, Grant. So hopefully you can see in action what childlike belief in someone that you can trust looks like. This was taken from the Paralympics where... Blind people were running with the aid of an assistant. And as I look at that, I don't think I could do 200 metres with my eyes open in 24 seconds. And yet, people here are running with confidence. People here are running with faith in the person that is leading them. The confidence and faith is not misguided because the people that are leading them have shown that they are reliable and faithful in what they'll do. They're not like me. They don't want to stir them up and take them out the hall and go to a kebab shop. They want to go down the race and finish the race and be with them along, as, along the race. We could see the care of how the people that were supporting them were putting their hands down very carefully where they needed to go. We could see the care in how the, the, uh, the um, bindings were put on so that they wouldn't release them and run off or fall over. Holding on to the hand of our Lord in the same way. 
Do we bind ourselves so that our hand is held by God and that connection can never be broken? Do we bind ourselves in the childlike innocence and faith so that we are running with all the blessings that are available to us from heaven? Or are we being dragged along, kicking and screaming, doing God's work in our community? Our Lord God is a giver of life. Our Lord God is not a giver of death. And yet, sometimes I feel, I know with myself, when I am called to run the race, I want to just stop halfway through and say, Lord, this is too hard. I'm just going to sit here for a moment and um, you can either sit with me or you can go ahead and help someone else that's a bit more, that has a bit more energy about them. Where we, can't see, where we cannot see what God wants for us in the future, where we cannot see the next step or the next part of the journey, as we saw in the video clip, none of those people could see the next step or the part of their journey, and yet they went forward in faith, trust, hope, love, and clearly they were at peace. So all I'd like to do is invite you into this childlike place, into this space of childlike innocence where you are holding on to God, where you are prepared to go into the race and not stop halfway through, but complete the race, complete the journey that God has put you on. And where you don't know what the next step is, trust. We don't know where the next step is for our church, who the next set of people are that God's going to bring to us, how we're going to be blessed. We didn't know that Prashant was going to have the Birch Trust approved in the last week when he came to do this for us as an honorary associate priest, not asking for pay, but asking to serve you guys and to be here to consecrate communion and to bless you with his priestly actions. Didn't know any of that. But we stepped out in faith. And there's more blessings that God wants to give us, more blessings that he wants to pour into our context, but having that childlike faith. In the second part of the reading, the ruler asked Jesus, what should I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus gives him the answer. But he walks away because the wealth that he has, all the things that he has acquired, become his idol, become the thing that he wants to invest his time and energy into the prestige that comes with wealth, the connections that come with wealth, having those in our inner circle that are as wealthy and powerful as us, helping us to move, pardon me, to move forward. In this part of the chapter, Jesus is challenging us to be single-minded in our devotion to God. We are being challenged as disciples to think about God first, and everything else is being derived from God. The wealthy ruler can access his wealth. It's all there for him. But he's being asked to consider that God is the source of his wealth, not the wealth is the source of God. What happens for us in our transient, um, decaying world that we live in at the moment does not speak of God or God's grace for us and our desire to have the eternal life that is before us. 
God asks for us to focus on being devoted to him, on being in relationship with him above all else. And it is in those moments that when we have that relationship with, with God, when we focus on God first, all of a sudden the blessings start coming into our life. When I am distracted from who is the source and giver of my life, sometimes things don't go well. I have an awful day that day. There are things that happen and I get into my own strength and power and I just open my mouth to let one foot out and put the other one in sometimes. It can be, it can be those sort of days, can't it? But yet when God is on my mind, when God is the first thought that I have and someone might say something that upsets me and I go, I want to react, but then God puts on my heart, they're hurting. Reacting isn't going to help them. Healing them will. Or when I know someone might be sick and, and dealing with things, I, I must go over there and, and just put oil on them. And people have seen me do that. I'll just walk up to someone and randomly feel like I need to put oil on their forehead. That's the thing that we do when God is in our midst. So as we move forward, I would ask you to look at the times when Jesus and when God is not the single focus of your life. Those times where you might try and do things in your own power or in your own wisdom. And just think, how did, how did that go? How did that go for you? And compare it to the times when you do seek God's wisdom and you do seek God's power in your life first. And just compare what happens. And I'm sure I can see people nodding and go, yeah, you're right. That is when, that is when I, I am most powerful, when God is most powerful in my life. So those bl blessings are always released for you. But as, we, as I looked at last week, the having constancy of prayer and humility, there's a certain interplay with them. And we have to look at how things can interplay even in a way to distract us. Being single-minded in a childlike way will also affect us in receiving our blessings. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote about prayer and he said, the Psalms are like mother's milk for those who cannot pray. And they are, the Psalms are amazing prayers, aren't they? You read them and you can see how David, when he's at his lowest, prays to God, God and God lifts him out of all the troubles he has. And yet Dietrich also talks about the idea of not sitting in the Psalms forever, but also maturing in your faith and growing in your faith, and understanding who God is and who you are, and having a relationship where you can pray the prayers of your heart that are inspired by the Psalms, that are inspired by the Bible, that are inspired by those around us. So being childlike and remaining single-minded about how the gospel can act or what the gospel means is also something that can take us away from from the blessings that we have. We need to mature in the gospel. We need to understand that every time we read the gospel, our faith grows. So when our faith has grown, what do we do? We go back to the start of the gospel and find those things that, that we missed the first time. It's like watching you know, the Avengers and the Infinity Wars and uh, the Endgame, and every time you watch it, you find something else that you missed the first time. No, no one's watching those, all right. 
but either way, it's like watching a movie that you're very familiar with, and the second time you watch it, you find something that you missed the first time, and etc. So take the time as your faith grows, as you've read the gospel from start to finish once, and your faith has grown. Go back, start again. See what see what difference the faith journey that you've been in the first time when you've read it has helped you in coming to the second time that you read it. So don't be childlike, don't be single-minded in your childlikeness with, the, with reading the scripture. But also having a childlike single-mindedness where we become stubborn and we become, we live our life with our blinkers on is also not going to help us release the gospel in our life. We need to know the history of the journey of the Israelites. We need to know the history and the journey of ourselves to see that when we become stubborn and when we live our life with the blinkers on, we miss all the things on the side, all the things that will, will allow us to see the depth and breadth of our Lord God's love in our life. So as we move forward this week, try to expand and mature in the gospel and also try and look at, try and removing those blinkers and seeing, well, what, I'm over here getting these blessings, but as I look over here, what happened to my life when I prayed for the person that was sick? What happened to my life when that person over there prayed for me to get better? Because in our peripheral vision of life, that's where we can see some, some, some amazing surprises that God has for us. So as we move forward this week, can I encourage you to try and catch up where you are at with your relationship with God and allowing all the blessings to be released in your life. Be consistent in your prayer. Release the things that you need from God in order to release into the world around us, in order to release the kingdom of God into the world around us. Remain humble in the knowledge that God is God and we are not. Have a childlike trust in God and know that he is always by your side. And be single-minded in focusing on the fact that the Lord God is the source of life and the source of the power of everything that we do in our life, everything that we do in our life to release his kingdom. Try not to distract yourself and run off the track. Don't be looking for the kebab shop as I would be. But continue the race and make sure we finish together so that one day we all will be together in heaven. Amen.